guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church on the north side of Indianapolis. I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Kendra Carter, our Kids Ministry Director. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks, Kendra. We're excited to have you. And we just wanted to have you on the podcast to see how you're doing and then check in on your ministry, some updates that you have for parents, but also for everybody in the church to be able to hear and understand what's going on. And then um, just some encouragement from your ministry and some things that we can celebrate. So um, Kendra, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what is um, going on in life separate from ministry? (laughs) What have you been up to on a regular basis? Um, Let's start there with your family. Yeah. So with my family, the big thing is I have three kids. Um, Cassie is 10 and our twins are eight. So Silas and Sadie. So right now the big thing is school, just finishing up school. We are almost done, but that just seems to take our time. And then outside of that, we do live on a small, I call it a suburban farm, Um, but it's planting season. So we're getting our stuff out of the greenhouse and into the ground. And so that's been kind of a source of, um, I guess, some enjoyment on my part of just being able to work outside. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's kind of a little stress relief just being able to go out there. But yeah, I mean, we, COVID is here, but man, life still keeps rolling. So we are busy. Do you think busy, it's busier so. now um, because of COVID or less busy or the exact same? I would have to say it is definitely the same pace as before. Um, There are elements that make it feel slower, like, hey, we don't have to rush out the door to run to basketball practice or softball um, or to other weekly events. However, I feel like all of that's been replaced with having other aspects of life take longer, like grocery shopping and stuff. So, um, so yeah. So there's elements where the pace feels slower, but life is very full. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And what about a ministry update? Things that you've been doing behind the scenes from home or from church um, in the last two months? (laughs) Two months, I would say the thing I've done the most is continually change plans. So everything is always, always changing, which has been difficult. Um, because it's hard just within 24 hours to pull something off. So a lot of what we do requires a lot of prep work. So a regular year, we have a nice itinerary set. Everything's predictable, but everything's changed. So now I feel like we are in the middle of like a basketball game and we keep looking up at the scoreboard and continually looking and changing our game plan to to respond to what we see up on that board. So yeah, so I just feel like changing, changing, changing. That's exhausting. That's what we've been doing. So yeah. Yeah. But it's been fun to see God show up in the changes and bring things that we didn't expect. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I bet it also requires a lot of creativity. (laughs) Yeah. And collaboration. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So let's um, talk about some other strains or challenges that COVID has caused for faith kids in the ministry. Um, not necessarily for families, but for our church ministry. Yeah, it, um, the biggest strain, I think after the first few weeks, when we are trying to figure out, is this just a short, just a short blip in ministry, or are we settling into a little bit of a longer season? Um, 
during the blip, it was a lot of just going, okay, it's going to be okay. Let's just figure out how we can kind of just hold tight and then we'll open back up. And then when we realized this isn't going away, adjusting ministry was harder, making hard calls of saying, we are not going to bring Awana back. We were hoping to, but we can't. Um, and then collaborating with great volunteers to try to figure out replacements. So I've been very grateful for, you know, two of our Awana leaders who jumped in and made videos for the kids. We tried bringing on TNT onto Zoom and we had leaders show up every single week to, um, to try to meet with their kids and invest with their kids. So when you're dealing with kids, um, it is hard to reach out to them because they don't have phones. They, um, they are not in charge of their own social calendar and they are very dependent on parents and parents sure. are overwhelmed and they have so much on their plate. So um, we have shifted our ministry model to postcards and about every two weeks, um, a faith kid will get a postcard from a teacher or a volunteer. And that has been our way of connecting with our kids and really um, serving them and just letting them know that we're thinking about them and caring for them. But that's taken a lot of work on a, the parts of many, many volunteers. I mean, I, there's so many people who've written postcards that I can't even name them all. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that's been really, um, that's been really exciting to, to see. We would have never had this really cool little snail mail postcard system going had it not been for COVID. So, mm -hmm. and it might continue, right? I know. I, don't know. <laughs> I know maybe that's kind of, um, top secret information, but it may be something <laughs> that continues right going into yeah. um, our transition. Yeah, and I'd say even when we we all start meeting again, I think there's going to be some disappointed kids if all they get is a birthday postcard once a year. We've set a pretty high bar now, so. <laughs> yeah, yes. So that's one gift that um, this pandemic has created in your ministry is just yeah. this gift of postcards. Anything else that has come out of COVID that couldn't have happened otherwise? Um. I think just the intimate time of families being together and worshiping together. Um, often we come to church and we scatter. Very rarely do we all just sit down and as a family and worship together. So I'm so excited for this learning opportunity that kids have right now to sit with their parents and worship together. And we've um, really tried to do our best to make sure that we got kids actively participating in whatever happens on Sunday mornings in their in their own living rooms and um yeah just the stories have been really amazing um for example um one that really touched me was i was talking with a family recently and they said that the time of confession has been a very powerful time every sunday for their kids and it gives mm -hmm. them an opportunity um as parents to sit down and just confess to their kids things that they felt like they messed up on that work even just some of the covid you know COVID has put strain on relationships and yet pushed us sometimes to our limits, but to be able to confess that to your children and then to have your kids confess things that they're struggling with. I mean, that's a beautiful thing that um, could not happen um, unless we had this little period. So it's just amazing to see how God is working and growing families um, during this time. Mm -hmm. And it probably, I would just want to encourage families, it's probably not easy, it's probably not beautiful and lovely mm -hmm. and quiet all of the time, but um, just continuing to try and pursue some form of worship on a weekend day, um, right, I know some oh, yeah. that is just have the main three things, 
And mm -hmm. even if those are messy, that's okay because you're doing mm -hmm. important work. So to not give up, right? Just because oh, yeah. you had a crummy Christmas doesn't mean you don't celebrate Christmas years to come. <laughs> so you just continue to try, right? Yeah, just continue to try. And it doesn't have to be an hour and 15 minutes long like we do at Faith. So time does not equal quality. Yeah, so. that's great. Yeah. So do you have any other story, stories that you'd want to share that could encourage families or any other listeners to this week's Cut for Time? Um, I would say there was another family that I enjoyed listening to what they were doing for worship. And they had all kids of several ages um, worshiping together. But they had a little guy in their family their toddler, there's one song that they sing every single week for this toddler to participate. And he loves the song and he looks forward to it and they sing it every Sunday just for him. And I think that's great. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Kendra, there are some changes that we're announcing starting yeah. when we announced on Tuesday with sending out faith news that yeah. Uh, we are now changing the plan for kids camp to be something called backyard Bible camp that gives people more ownership and more choice over when mm -hmm. they're going to do it. Why don't you talk about that change, why it actually is really exciting and maybe um, cast some vision so people listening oh, yeah. can um, just picture how they could possibly be a part of it. And that I do want to just encourage that um, this is not just for parents of faith. Kids. No. Yep. So everybody has um, the opportunity to listen in. So go ahead, Kendra. Yeah. So the change, let's start there. Um, obviously I said, we've been constantly changing and we waited, I feel like to the last minute to make the call on kids camp. So we were waiting just to see what is it going to look like to open up Indiana again? What does that mean for us with the different stages? And I sat in on a committee of several individuals for the, from our church who are trying their best to navigate this. And it is hard. So, um, so I think when we look ahead to how we reopen, what can we do? What can we not do? It becomes an issue of um, scalability and sustainability. So even when we look at these models and our kids camp was set to run, um, oh, I forgot the date now because I've just totally moved on like the mm -hmm. second week of June, mm -hmm. we could have run our camp. We could have figured out a way to try to alter it, to get volunteers in, maybe utilize our high school students, figure out a way to adjust the flow, social distance throughout the whole building. Um, that was a possibility. We would have been like, in the very beginning of that stage of opening up Indiana. So um, we could have aimed for it. However, um, it would have been hard to try to scale to the number of kids that we needed to reach. And I don't really know if it was something sustainable because we are in an ever-changing environment. So we could, would have to start planning mid-May in hopes that everything was following this track and that Indiana would be to this stage of allowing 100 people in a room or in a building and there's no guarantees for that. So, um, so yeah, it just did not seem like it was going to be feasible this year. I mean, we could have maybe aimed and really tried hard, but there's no guarantee. Mm -hmm. Um, and knowing that change is exhausting, changing ministry takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And now 
we've been doing it as a small staff and um, it, it takes a lot out of you energy wise. And now to say, let's bring on a larger group of volunteers and make them all change with us as this progresses, it just didn't seem wise to do. Um, so yeah, so we can talk about it that way. But then also, I think that there's big changes going on and what God's doing in our, um, in our midst. God is opening up uh, relationships within our neighborhoods. We, when we planned our um, camp back last fall, when I put the date on the calendar and reserved it, we didn't know that COVID was going to be here. We didn't know that God was going to be starting conversations with our neighbors that maybe before we couldn't have had those conversations. Um, so I feel like we are really aligning ourselves with what God is doing in our neighborhoods. And that makes me excited um, because rather than creating a big program, um, so I think we are aligning with the spirit because um, we are able to craft little groups that will meet specific needs in different corners of our neighborhoods within Indianapolis. And I think we will have more reach than we would have with just our, our um, five day camp. Cause let's face it. A lot of people still aren't comfortable to leave their houses and to go into large group gatherings. That's what I've heard from a lot of parents. So I think mm -hmm. even if we would have tried to open up, we would not have been able to reach as many kids. So mm -hmm. Yeah. So you are encouraging anybody to uh, sign up to host a backyard Bible camp. It would be a week long. Mm -hmm. And um, should they invite some faith members and then some also neighborhood kids or um, what could it look like? Yeah, it can look like many different things. So no two camps are going to look alike. So what I would encourage people to do is um, first, just start in prayer. I mean, pray, Lord, do you want me to host a camp? Lord, who do you want me to invite to the camp? Lord, should I do this on my own? Or who could you be leading me to join forces with? Those are all things. Just pray. Just invite the Holy Spirit into this process and then wait and listen. And I have full confidence that he will respond and he will be directing our camps um, this summer. So yeah, I would say pray, listen, and then step out in obedience. And the way everybody responds in obedience is going to look different. So um, yes, if you feel called to lead a camp by yourself, then great. We have the materials for you. If you want to go ahead and um, maybe consider hosting a club with maybe another person in your local school, you know, that goes attends faith. Or some, we have some faith families that live in the same neighborhood or in the same area of town. If you don't feel like you have enough kids and they have enough kids and you think your kids would be willing to drive to one of the locations, by all means, join forces mm -hmm. and, um, and do it. So just because you're having a backyard Bible club, it doesn't mean everybody has to walk to be able to attend your, attend your camp. So um, this is where follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and invite those kids that he's calling you to invite and just allow him to work. So, so let's be real though. If everybody yeah. is feeling overwhelmed or like yeah. they've got their plate full, mm -hmm. um, how much work or prep are they taking on by wanting to lead or wanting to host? Yes, that is a good question. Um, 
first of all, we have some really nice resources. So you can use the link in Faith News to check them out. We are doing our Backyard Bible Camp is actually called Hidden Things. It is through Truth 79, which is a ch of the children's ministry of John Piper. So it's formerly Children's Desiring God. They have a lot of wonderful things. and It is very, very user-friendly. So the Bible lessons are, are in there um, with a very nice script that you can use if that is more comfortable for you. Um, in there, there is one craft that is provided and each day um, it builds, builds, this little craft builds on each other, but the craft is simple. It's a, um, a little box and you just color it in every day. So if you're not a crafty person, fear not. <laughs> this is easy. Then after that, it is up to you. If you're feeling overwhelmed, just keep it simple. Do your little Bible lesson, invite kids over, and then it can be free play afterwards. Um, or you can, if you feel comfortable, just give them a popsicle, have a snack, and it's okay. If it's only, if it's your neighbors and it's 15 minutes, that's fine. If you wanna make this something more, they have other activities that you can do. You can add your own games. I'm sure if Mark Four had it, he would probably have like, 50 kids running different crazy games in his backyard, you know? So use your giftings and what you're passionate about because what you're passionate about will come out with your kids when you do it. So do not feel like you have to do something that you don't feel comfortable with. Um, mm -hmm. If it's games or craft, it's really your call. Mm -hmm. So, and I imagine yeah. um, families could empower their young students, right? Like their junior high and high school students to help run the camp with them or take charge and do it for some younger kids that they have in their oh, neighborhood. For oh, for sure. And I've even talked with one um, person. She is actually a grandmother and she wants to host a backyard Bible club. She's inviting her grandkids, but she felt like she needed more help. And so she's reaching out to um, another kid in faith student ministries that lives in her neighborhood to come over and help her run her club. So, mm -hmm. I mean, awesome. yeah, there's so many ways to, to do this that, um, yeah, you don't have to feel like you have to be in it alone. There's going to be other families to collaborate with. How many students would make up a great backyard Bible camp? I would say the number of students is based on what you feel call God calling your heart to, to do. Because honestly, it could be three kids or it could be 30 kids. Or it could be 50 kids. I don't know. You decide what you feel is comfortable within the COVID um, parameters, um, what you feel like those who you're inviting to your camp feel comfortable with in terms of numbers. But honestly, I think this is something where we don't want to compare um, one camp to another because God could have something really special in store for those three to five kids attending one small camp over here. And he could have something totally else in store for another camp that is, you know, 20 kids. This is where um, I think we need to be all cheering each other on and not playing the Facebook comparison game. So, yeah, his number doesn't matter. God, I mean, number doesn't matter in God's world. He's going to be looking and calling different people to do different things. So let's yeah. just respond in obedience. Yes, definitely. So it shouldn't make us feel uncomfortable if we only have two kids that we're working with or teaching to. Oh, no. And if you only have two kids, we want to celebrate with you. We want to cheer you on and celebrate. If you have 30 kids, we want to cheer you on and celebrate you, too. So yeah. size did not matter. Okay. That's great. So anybody could do this. 
that's anybody can do it. The story. That's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. And you don't have to be, and I think you said this before, you don't have to be a faith um, kid's family to, to do this. I, you can be a grandmother. You might be the heroic teenager, you know, that every kid in the neighborhood looks up to. Great. Host a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, man, famous. imagine yeah. the ministry that you're also doing for those families and the parents by saying, I'm going to take your kids for the next half hour and you can oh, have yeah. a time. That's a gift. That is. And maybe if you have an elderly neighbor who's been shut in and everybody's starting to come out, maybe just inviting them to pull a lawn chair up to your Bible story session, that might give them a chance to connect with other people, even if they aren't contributing to the lesson or the games of the activities. But if they see other young families coming out, consider inviting them to. It's fine. Who doesn't like to go to story time? So, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear the stories <laughs> that come out of this and just um, reasons to celebrate what God is doing in our neighborhoods yeah. and be able to hear what God is doing in our midst. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Kendra, for giving us some of your time to talk us through some changes, some challenges, and what we're looking forward to in the next month or two um, as summer begins. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you guys for listening to Cut for Time this week. We're going to be back next week with some special younger guests telling us what they think is going on in the world and uh, how they've been dealing with school and now looking forward to summer. Thank you so much for listening. 